That's right. You tell them, Michael Jackson, look at the man in the mirror and make a change. And welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's big dog radio program, The Really Real Deal. And folks, as promised, we have a big dog, really real deal guest with us today. And uh, we have Amanda Parker, who is, uh, she works directly with Ayan Hersey Ali, uh, and she is the senior director of the AHA Foundation. And so as you listen to my uh, promo that we just played about giving, and, you know, we want people not only to give to our organization, the First Amendment, Inc., which pays for this radio broadcast, but we encourage giving, as, as I say in the ad, Give somewhere, give often, and give generously. And, folks, this is a place that, uh, and if you are like a modern-day, a true, real feminist and not a fake news feminist, uh, the AHA Foundation is a place where your donation dollars would really, really be put to good use. And so welcome to the program, Amanda. Thank you so much, Craig, and thank you for that that wonderful welcome. And, and it's so true. It, we absolutely could use support. We have so much work to do, and we can't do it alone. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, yeah. And, folks, you guys have to go to their website, the AHA Foundation. And, uh, and look, and you're, you're making a sacrifice, too, because I see in your bio here, you, be, you began your career on Wall Street, so you could be making the big bucks but you're doing something uh, much more important uh, than money, and you, you're building up a, um, a bank account in heaven, really, with the work you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really I, I'm so blessed to have a job where I can wake up in the morning and really be proud of the work I'm doing and be excited about what I'm going to be doing for the day. So it's, uh, there are plenty of rewards today, too, but I'm, I, I'm grateful that you acknowledged that. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And now what's it like to work with uh, this, uh, I mean, she is like the lady pit bull of uh, <laughs> protecting women. I mean, the, the books, The Heretic, you know, Why Islam Needs a Reformation, you know, The Caged Virgin, Nomad, Infidel. I mean, she just, every book she writes seems to be a New York Times bestseller. And, uh, and here she's making news again because there was a, uh, a uh, Muslim doctor up in Detroit that's been charged with uh, perpetrating female genital mutilation. How old was the little girl that they, they, they mutilated? This there one that they caught. Girls, hmm? The two little girls in the case were seven years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 And so now explain for folks that, I know a lot of people, they hear of female genital mutilation, and I even actually heard this was some weak-sounding guy. I mean, I wanted to reach through the radio and just pimp-slap him, who he was saying <laughs> he was just comparing it to a, a, the, a circumcision of a male, and it's just, it's not that. It's totally, it's totally right. different. And uh, Right, it's totally different. Yeah, so ex explain to the audience the, the difference. Absolutely, and, and I think it's very important that we are explicit in talking about this because you're right, so many people do compare it with male circumcision, and it is a very different thing. Female genital mutilation is child abuse. It's a cultural practice that's used to control the sexuality of women and girls. There are no health benefits, and it can have lifelong health and psychological consequences. Now, this is a practice that's 
criminalized federally in the U.S. and in some states, though not all states. Mm-hmm. And typically it's practiced on little girls, vulnerable little girls who are somewhere around the ages of five to about preteens. These little girls are taken behind closed doors. Their knees are forced apart. Their labia and their clitoris is cut away. Then the wound is sewn shut so that there's only a small hole left for menstruation and urination in the most severe cases. And as I said, this is done to vulnerable little girls that have no way of speaking up for themselves or protecting Mm. themselves. It's really one of the most horrendous, painful, horrific things I can think of that you could do to a child. Right, right. And what they're doing is, unlike with male um, circumcision, there will be an inability to have a climax during intercourse. And so they're rendering uh, for the future when this young girl grows up and, and, and marries. Quite often in that culture, they don't grow up. They marry first and they grow up later. They marry, they right. marry them as, as girls, but they're trying to ensure that they're a virgin. And, uh, and, you know, the thing about it, a virgin is like a state of mind. You've not willingly given yourself over. And so they're worried about, like, a physical virgin um, rather than a spiritual virgin. Right. And, and if you think about that moment when, when they have intercourse for the first time, if a girl has been injured in this way and then sewn shut, there's some pretty intense scar mm. tissue in many cases. And so in order to have intercourse, that scar tissue needs to be either surgically opened, if, if a girl is lucky, or more likely it will be open. physically opened with force or with a razor blade or a, a pen knife or something like that in order to consummate the marriage, which, I mean, that's, that's about the worst wedding it's, night it's I can horrific. imagine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrific. horrific. Yeah, and so and, and so in these... And, you know, and I was just in the first uh, segment, we were talking about the coalition of evil versus uh, what I call the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition. And in this coalition of evil, uh, you have all these people, uh, Democrat leadership, you have uh, socialists, communists, fascists, atheists, radical homosexuals, and you have Muslim fundamentalists that practice these types of things and these types of control over women. And what they all have in common is that what they say with their lips, we're the champion of the downtrodden. But in, in reality, they're all about control. And, and Islam even means submit, to submit. It, it literally means submission. And uh, now... Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm up. I'm, I apologize. We're up against a, a hard break. We got the bottom of the hour news break. Could you hold over and, and we, we sure. yeah, yeah, great. All right. Well, all right, folks, um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to finish up with Amanda Parker, uh, the director of Ayan Hersey Ali's um, program, the AHA Foundation. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig.
Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal. And if you're just joining us, folks, uh, we, we have with us Ms. Amanda Parker, who is the Senior Director of the AHA Foundation. And um, we just uh, thank you so much again uh, for staying with us. Thanks yeah. for having me, Craig. Oh, okay, yes. Now, uh, the, back to this female genital mutilation. In this case, uh, Dr., uh, what's her name, Jamala? Uh, Something this? like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> and this, this is a female doctor, and this is outlawed in, uh, what, 24 states, and it's a federal crime. So Correct. this Thursday, there's a pretrial hearing of this doctor uh, doing this to these uh, young girls. And now what I understand is that they have a thing called vacation cutting since the, it's beginning to be illegal. And, and you see, with, with bringing all these uh, refugees, immigrants, and it's really it's like an invasion disguised, disguised as refugees uh, in, 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 my, in my estimation. But they just say, well, we'll just send them we just send them somewhere where this can be done. And it's, it's, so it's still going on. As a matter of fact, even when it was done in Detroit, the girls were sent, my understanding, they were sent from Minnesota because it's illegal in Minnesota. Yes, that's true. There's a, there's a law that says that you can get up to life in prison for performing female genital mutilation on a little girl in Minnesota. And in Michigan, there is currently no state law that protects little girls from FGM. And thankfully there are legislators who are, are working on that right now, mm-hmm. but, but it's true. Um, so the penalty on a federal level is only five years in prison. So if you compare that with potentially life in prison, you can understand why it made more sense to do it in Michigan than in Minnesota. Right. But yes, it's, it's absolutely true that little girls are taken overseas during the summer break usually for what's called vacation cutting. And the reason it's done over summer break is because it's such a traumatic and painful procedure that requires a long period of healing that this is the way to do it without alerting teachers and other outside people who would obviously be disapproving and potentially report on this to mm-hmm. the authorities. So they take a girl back to the family's country of origin in order to do it there. This is also illegal, though. There's a federal law that makes it a crime to take a girl overseas for the practice of female genital mutilation. Yeah, yeah. There should be a law that uh, going from state to state because there are laws uh, currently on the books where it's illegal to take a, a, a minor girl across state lines for immoral purposes. I can't think of anything more immoral than this. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, that there are quite a few legislators right now that are looking at their laws, and if they do have female genital mutilation laws on the books, which is a great start, some of them are saying, are they strong enough? What do we need to do Mm. to make these stronger so that we can really protect the girls in our state? And so I think that that is definitely a great thing that happened because of this case, is that Mm. there's a wake-up call that this is happening here. And we've known for some time that this is happening right here in the United States, but it's something that is so underground and so hidden. And Mm -hmm. if you look at the the reports of this case, the little girls were even told, you know, don't tell anyone this is happening. This is secret. This is private. Mm -hmm. So they knew that what they were doing was illegal and wrong. And they they told the little girls to not say anything about it. So Mm -hmm. 
they know that this is something that they need to hide and, and that they shouldn't have public. Yeah. Well, thank God for these federal prosecutors. I mean, here we've had eight years of federal prosecutors, uh, you know, prosecuting Christians because they don't want to bake a cake or participate in something that goes against their conscience. And now we're finally having federal law uh, do things that really matter to the protection of uh, of innocent little girls. And, you know, and, it, and the sad thing about it is that here we are, we're protecting little Muslim girls and yet we're called the people that hate Muslims. It's just, I mean, it's it's just mind-boggling the things that the left gets away with calling uh, conservatives and Christians. And here, this is really an act of love towards these these young girls. We we're seeing them as you know daughters uh, of 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 one God, not uh, oh it's a, it's a Muslim, so let them do this to her. This 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 is a human issue. And why absolutely, these? Absolutely. Yeah. Why these um, politicians are dragging their feet? Now, my suspicion is that these are Democrat politicians that do not want to bring uh, shame on one of their key constituent groups. And the in uh, in Michigan, Muslims make up a very significant voting block. Do they not? Absolutely. But you know, I I have been really happy to see that there are politicians on both sides of the aisle, almost entirely female, I will say, um, who are supporting this legislation. And I Good. think that there has been, there has been a, a misplaced, but in some cases well-intentioned attempt to respect the cultures of, of other groups. But it's really racist to think that it's okay to perform this mutilation on a little girl just because she looks different or because she's mm -hmm. from a different background, because she's not the same. And so it's so important to realize that just because that little girl might be different, it's still just a vulnerable little girl. And, exactly. and she is the same. Like you said, she's, she's, you know, we're all children of, of God. And so she needs to be protected just like our children should be protected. So yeah. it's, it's really, um, to me, it's racist to look away from this child abuse. Yeah. That's why we have uh federal law and, you know, and the thing with, uh, uh, Mrs. Ali is uh, she went through this in uh, 1969 in her in her home country of Somalia. And, and my understanding of her history is that the reason she ran away was she did not want to marry who they had picked for her to marry. And, you know, of course, the, the, the genital mutilation that she could not undo that that was done to her as a little girl. And so she brings real credibility to what she's doing, and I, I guess this is why she brings such passion to it. And uh, absolutely, you know, she she herself faced honor violence, forced marriage, and female genital mutilation. She she wasn't fleeing a marriage that she didn't want to happen. She she fled a marriage that had happened without her. She didn't even attend the ceremony, so she was actually forced to marry this man that she had no interest in being his wife. But she absolutely faced these things and, and managed to transcend that violence, which is just heroic. But the real heroism that I see is that she then came to the United States and looked around and said, you know what, I see those same things mm -hmm. that happened to me happening right here in the United States, and I will not stand for that. Yeah. I will not let that happen right here. Here we have the rule of law. We have social services that are here to protect women and girls. There is no reason this should be happening here. 
And so a big part of our work has just been raising awareness that this does happen here. I don't think that most Americans understand that there are 513,000 women and girls at risk of or who have undergone female genital mutilation in the United States. That number is staggering. In fact, Virginia, where your audience is, there are over 30,830 women and girls who are at risk of FGM in the state of Virginia. And there's no state law against female genital mutilation in Virginia. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that maybe that needs to be brought up. We have a governor's race right now <laughs> that needs to be brought up. I mean, this absolutely. Is, yeah. Yeah. And may look, and I'm sure that's one thing that we could probably at least with their lips anyway, would get agreement on you know, to actually yes. act to actually do it again. You know, you have some politicians that will um, overlook the sins of a particular constituency group. In, because they would rather have their vote um, rather than to tell them you're wrong and you have to stop doing this. You know, all this stuff of, well, that's their culture. It's none of my business. It's uh, God bless you and your, and your group for, for telling these people, no, when you come to America, it is our business. Absolutely. That, it is not acceptable here. And thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you also uh, you also fight not just this uh, mutilation of, of the genitals of, of young girls to, that takes away their um, capacity to to enjoy the sexual experience. You fight honor killings, which again has happened in America. Okay, you you fight um, uh, forced marriages. You guys you guys fight all these. So share a little bit of some of the other things you all are doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, at the AHA Foundation, we work in quite a few different ways to help protect women and girls from from these horrific abuses. We have worked with around 200 women and girls to help protect them from situations of honor violence. We have helped change state laws and put in laws that better protect women and girls. And we also train law enforcement and frontline service providers on how to handle these issues because Across the board, the question that we always get is, that happens here? Because people think of these issues as mm-hmm. something that happens in a country far away from here, and it seems very remote to them and, and like someone else's problem. But like you said, this happens right here in the United States, all of these things. And we know because we work personally with the girls who come to us, and it's it's heartbreaking to, to know their stories and, and to see what's happening to them. There are girls here who are being pulled out of school to be married off to an older man who is a stranger that they don't know or forget about being in love with them, you know, and, mm-hmm. and these are our girls with ambitions who want to go to college and, and have a pr- productive life and make their own choices. And those choices are being taken away from them. And that's something that cannot happen here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a shame, but, uh, it's uh it's the Lord's work you all are doing to fight this, and uh, I'll just say congratulations on being a part of something that's really really great and is really really making a difference in the lives of young girls. And uh, we just pray you have much much more success. And uh, I would ask you uh, as a final thought to please uh, tell our audience again uh, how they can reach you, how they can donate how they can volunteer, uh, how, their, how their churches can get involved. Thank you so much for asking, Craig. Absolutely. We need everyone's support with this. We can't do it alone. Please visit our website, 
theahafoundation.org. There are lots of ways to get involved. You can donate there. The more support we have financially, the more work we can do at the foundation. There are lots of ideas for getting involved. You can reach out to your legislators. You can start a book club to help raise awareness about these issues. We need all the help we can get. And if you want to get more involved, send us an email at info at theahafoundation.org. And we would love to get you involved. We really need all the help we can get. And I'm, I'm just grateful for, for each and every person who is moved by the plight of these little girls right here in the United States and wants to do something to help. Yeah, yeah. And this is, uh, I mean, this this is really big. So I, I would just say, I mean, as a father and a grandfather, I mean, you can't help but be moved by this. So uh, God bless you and uh, continue, continue with success in, in your mission. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you now. Bye-bye.